Why are you opening, waiting until we started the podcast to open chips? Because I just found them. You son of a bitch. They're delicious. Okay, dude. so I, I got one to get us buttered. Stop it. <clears throat> I got one to get us buttered up. Hmm. Uh, any live act, alive or dead, mm-hmm. that you would want to see, but caveat, an artist that you don't like. Oh. Somebody that you're not even like wishy-washy on. I mean, like, artist, play, uh, movie, Ooh. or something that you could have seen in the theater. Something to that effect. Oh, a live version of something like that. Um, because okay. I, I have an answer if you need a moment. Well, here's the deal. I absolutely cannot fucking stand you two. I'd rather take a cheese grater to my nuts than listen to them. But I think I have nothing to base this on. Because I avoid the fucking idea at all costs, but I think they probably run a pretty fucking killer show. Garth Brooks is my answer. Garth mm. fucking Brooks, because like I do like old country music. Mm-hmm. Garth Brooks sucks. I hate every song of his that I have ever heard. But having just seen brief clips of him playing live, mm-hmm. the dude's a fucking showman. Well, and here, those shows look like they rock like a son of a bitch. I was interested in this girl. I was I was working at Denny's, like outskirts of Chicago, and um, she was really into country music. I had one tickets as mega fucking Reba McIntyre, Toby Keith, fucking two hundred other names I'd never heard of. <clears throat> and I won't say an artist that I hate, but a style of music that I hate. I don't dislike country. I dislike pop music in general. Pop country, top of the list. But I'm like, fuck. Well, you know, I <clears throat> there's got to be one decent show in here. Martina McBride. Somebody's got to not suck. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I got there and, you know, they asked 20 minutes of time, half hour for this person, 20 minutes. And they were doing their little shtickle and, you know, it was okay. It's pop music. What the fuck? You yeah, know? it's whatever. I'm here for a thing. It's fine. Reba motherfucking McIntyre put on a full-scale, Broadway motherfucking production with outside dancers and a full goddamn orchestra fucking choreographed up in stairs and down the stairs and singing the song fancy and acting the shit out. And I'm Just like, blowing the roof off the place. Like, she's got to be like yeah. two foot nine, and she filled the stadium with her fucking presence. Okay? So me not... But I want to see if that maybe, or even better yet, if I had a choice, I would see you two at a bar in fucking Ireland. Boom. Because that way, you're going to get how they're supposed to sound. You're going to get, oh shit, we can't bring that much equipment in this fucking little bar. You know? Right. Stripped down, they can't get that loud. Fuck a pyrotechnic. The, the, the talent has to be in that bar. Can't be brought in and plugged in. It's got to be right there. And I want to see if they got it because the style of music that they choose to play sounds like beige to me. And I cannot, there, there, it's like, it's like going to a, a church barbecue. Yeah, There's going to be no it flavor. It feels less fulfilling than mm. like a glass of water. 
Yes, to quote Mojo Nixon, he's got they've got absolutely no Elvis in them. So my other answer for something that I am just completely not interested in that I would probably go see live, Cats. Mm. The play Cats. Because I'll tell you what, I watched the movie from a few years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, it's bananas. I kind of love it, but I like I understand like this isn't for me and I like this for the wrong reason because it's weird and stupid. But to see it live, I think that would be something that like it would just be like a real experience that I think I would probably walk away different from. Well, I'm going to tell you, Chris, you wouldn't strike me as a musical kind of guy. No. But when I was a kid, they would take the troubled kids out for enrichments. And guess what they'd do? We're in Chicago. We'd go see live performances. So um, I got to see Cats. No, Cats came out after that. I got to see like Chorus Line. They brought us to see, uh, like, they go see shows at the Steppenwolf. You're talking about a bunch of roughnecks kids at the alternative school, you know, and they'd bring us to the Steppenwolf. They'd bring us to the, and my mom made sure that, I, you know, she took me to go see Cats. And then I dated this girl that wanted to see every musical that came out. So I saw Cats. And being Chicago, they're yeah. coming through. Yeah. So, so you, it's not like being here where it's like, oh, sorry, it's not coming by anytime. And it's not like New York. You can get tickets without selling your kidney. You know, if you if you go regularly enough and you know the ticket man, you know the ticket say, hey, what's coming up? Can you get me? Can you get me? You yeah. know, oh, that, I don't know that twenty just accidentally dropped there. He, <laughs> you know, but you, you you can go see it without having to you know mortgage your soul. So I've seen quite a few of them, and I'm going to tell you what: if you have never seen a live professional like Broadway musical production. We're going to fix that for you in the next couple of years. I say I've, it's never been like a, a Broadway production, mm-hmm. but I've, I've seen live theater, not in a very, very long time. But yeah, it was always, always, you know, some local group putting on whatever. And it was fine. Okay. When you see like the, the, the big feature, like during the 80s for musicals was the rotating stage. Okay. The big rotating stage. Now, if you take the idea that the stage that's rotating is the size of this garage with a full cast. There's an orchestra pit right in front of you. You feel the fucking music, dude. You feel the music. Whether you like the song or not, you fucking feel it. It is etched into your soul, whether mm-hmm. you like it or not. You can, even far in the back, you're seeing people push their voices out to you. Okay? You're seeing dancing. You're seeing all this shit at one time. And if you have not experienced that live, dude, it, it will give you a new way of seeing things on stage or you know, that kind of stuff. So when we talk about, like, uh, like the director's eye, that's a whole different expanse that you can now see with your eyes. Now you have a new way of looking at things to see different things. So I think, uh, you know, for what we do, you owe it to yourself to go see a live production because you can feel it. You can see the performers sweat, the makeup stripping. You know, sometimes they miss a note. It's not like you're listening to the proper recording. You're watching that happen in fucking front of you. So what you're saying is that we should go to Chicago sometime in the next year? Yeah, and we go see a fucking live production. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. The the reason I brought all this up, though, is uh, I the other day I turned on the TV and it was on the, uh, just like TV home screen or whatever. Mm-hmm. How there's, you know, the stupid paid ads for whatever. I was reading a book and I happened to look up and I saw... Have you ever watched the show The New Girl? No. Me either. 
It, it was just a cast photo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was the blank background or a green background, just so you know, the new girl and then a picture of the cast. And I took one look at it and said to Kayla, like, I can't imagine anything made for me less. <laughs> and she's like, oh, absolutely. It is. You will hate it. <laughs> Which brought on the, uh, hmm. I shouldn't make James watch The New Girl with me. Oh, no. We should do a side podcast about The New Girl. I know this is going to sound racist as fuck, but there are certain shows that I can't even look at because they are too white for me. I, I look at this and I go, what, what could I possibly get out of this? It's like Friends. What the fuck is my point? It's like Becker. New Girl. I, why? All right. We're not starting the goddamn Sam Malone argument again. Okay. Shut up. I, I know it's Ted Danson, but he'll always be Sam Malone in my heart, and that's the way Fair I choose enough. to refer to him. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to sully your Sam Malone moment. Goddamn right. <laughs> and speaking of bullshit from the 90s, hey, everybody, welcome to Horror Vomit. We talk about horror movies so you don't have to. My name is Chris Faff, and I am one of your hosts. <laughs> and I am James Marino, and I am the other one of your hosts. It's been a while since you broke me, Chris. God damn it. Yeah, wound that one up pretty good, because you forgot we were doing a podcast, didn't you? Yeah, you know, like I usually do, or used to usually do. Uh, So this week, James, Mm -hmm. we are talking about 1990s The Reflecting Skin, written and directed by Philip Ridley, starring Jeremy Cooper as Seth Dove, Lindsay Duncan as Dolphin Blue, which we'll get into, and fucking Viggo Mortensen as Cameron Dove. Now... James, I believe this is the second time in about as many months that I need to start this off with. I think I might have some splaining to do. Mm-hmm. So, while looking for films for us to do, I uh, searched through the uh, streaming services that I know you and I both have. Mm-hmm. And when I, in the horror section, stumble upon a 1990, what's described as being a vampire movie starring Viggo Mortensen... My ears perk up. Mm-hmm. A lot. Yeah. Because Viggo Mortensen fucking rules, and mm-hmm. I had never heard of this. He's ever. Right up, he's right up there with Carl Urban, my guy. Yeah, dude. Like, Viggo rules, and I had never heard of this. And that motherfucker can act his ass off. And so I was, again, very excited about this vampire movie. I texted you that that was what it was about. Yeah. And instead, we got just kind of a social commentary drama about the lives of uh, poor rural Americans and generational trauma and how it just does not stop. Mm-hmm. So that being said... Seen through the lens of an hey, Englishman. Hey, James. Yeah. How did you like the reflecting skin? This movie can go fuck itself in the neck. <laughs> I'm sorry. Dude. I, again... Truth be told, I don't have all the time in the world. I haven't seen every movie ever made. Sometimes I wander into these, and sometimes you get a reflecting skin. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. It's a nice little uh, palate cleanser because we've seen some heavy, heavy good movies lately. But here's the thing, James. Yeah. I kind of like this movie a little bit. Mm, As a horror film, not at all. Not whatsoever. I don't even like it as a not-horror film. But have you seen, I believe it's on Netflix, a film called The Devil All the Time? No. It stars uh, Spider-Man, 
uh, was it Tom Holland? Okay. Robert Pattinson's in there. Okay. And it's just about tragic, horrible things happening mm-hmm. to these people in a region. Mm-hmm. And it was made in, I think, maybe 2018 or so. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much this movie. This movie is just fucking tragedy. This and movie this is, is how... a Flannery O'Connor knockoff. This is fucking Christina's World painting picture beautiful you know there's andrew wyeth backgrounds and shit and a cribbed flannery o'connor knockoff that doesn't even barely i'm sorry it barely speaks to americana except for a picture you know it it doesn't really touch on anything the things they do touch on are so fucking heavy-handed yeah okay so if you're going to have a morality tale have it play out or pick one well here's the thing Here's why I think it might be kind of sneaky good. And you can disagree with me all you want because I I feel like you're prejudiced against this movie already. But I think part of the reason that it is so confusing and why we don't get very detailed into really any of one specific area is because it is shown through the lens of a child. And the world is super duper confusing. So when we don't know what's happening, it's it's through the lens of this child because we don't know anything. But being a grown audience, we pick up on clues. And by the end, it paints just this incredibly bleak portrait of rural Americans in Mm -hmm. the 50s. But I've seen that done a thousand times better and with a point. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to dispute you on that whatsoever. (laughs) I mean... Oh, God. What was the... Fucking, we just watched it. Robert Mitchum. Love, hate. Oh, uh, yeah. Night Charles of the Hunter. Lott, Night of the Hunter. You know what I mean? I'd rather watch that a thousand times than this one more time. Yes, because this does have a whole lot of 90s bullshit in it. But if they would have done the 90s bullshit right, what they did is they got the look of 90s bullshit without the feel of 90s bullshit. Well, I'm going to disagree with you because it had that early 90s, I'm a writer feel. Because the long fucking diatribes that Dolphin Blue gave, that is some 90s bullshit right there. Right, but, okay. I guess the argument I have is that I appreciate the 90s bullshit when it's done half-assed well. There was nothing interesting coming out of their mouth to say anything about anything else in this movie. It wasn't a sly reference to anything else. It was, I am telling you this. Boom. Now we're going to show you a couple images. Boom. I'm going to tell you this again with my words. And it wasn't even done well like it's been done in other movies. I I felt insulted, quite frankly. I I did kind of like the slow reveal that Vigo was a wasting away of... uh, radiation poisoning. And I I would like that it had, again, had this been an entire movie, that being thematically, everything happens, mirrors 100% the, you know, Hiroshima. Make that movie. But, or the the, um, closeted father and uh, the suicide. Make that the movie. Give more details for that. Do that bathed in that and then throw that red herring of the vampire in but dig into the other thing that makes it gothic you're only giving me bits of gothic what makes gothic gothic 
is the depth. There, there was no depth there. And when you, when you, when you lean into, I don't know if you've ever read a, a like a Southern well, Gothic story or seen the movie. That's what I'm saying yeah. is that it's kept pretty simplistic because it's through the eyes of a child who doesn't understand these horrendous events that are happening around him. Right. But then take a look that we're going to have a motorcycle movie that's seen through the eyes of a child. Well, what's the point? Uh, fuck, I don't know. I <laughs> see what I'm saying is that had this movie gotten to a point or there was a reason for any of these things that would have given depth to the movie, or if they would have leaned into one of the big social issues that they touched on and lean, leaned into it and mirrored it with, with the vampire stuff. So it, it was more of a one for one. I, I will say the thing that drew me in the most mm-hmm. in just hearing about this was the vampire aspect and they could have absolutely lost it. They could have, yeah, and dug into a story. And that's my big thing about the movie. What's the point I even... Ha- okay, listen, back this up. I'm getting a little, a little agitated. But if I'm going to have a horror movie or even think, have more psychological horror in it, or get into it. Don't just say, hey, this thing, and this is why this guy feels like this, or this is why she feels like this. Show me. Get more into it. And then when, because I had no feelings for any of these people except mild, I don't like any of you. Yeah, that was kind of my thought too, was immediately like, oh, this child's unlikable immediately. I think that was more of more of a, <laughs> more of a, Hey, you know, the, the kid, the kid, the, it's a kid actor. And except for a few, you know, major, you know, they're major exceptions. They're a child actor trying to do a fucking grown-ups job, doing the best they can. I never not kid actors. But I, again, it's just a portrait of small town America where it's still this kind of like Wild West feel mm-hmm. where anything can happen. Yeah. And while they should be focusing on why all these children are dying, it's just all their petty squabbles and differences between them from generations and generations. Oh, and I think I think what part of it is they miss the tone a little bit. When they're showing me, like, the sheriff with the chewed ear <laughs> oh, man. and the that fucking guy's, iPad. That guy's fucking amazing. He <laughs> is, but he either finds something to fit with him to ground him in the scenes because he's in a whole different fucking movie. Him and the preacher. Those two guys, if they were in a scene together, I would have enjoyed this movie a little more. <laughs> but it's like, okay, okay, okay. Everybody, it's like... Wait, are you talking about the guy that cuts Vigo with the uh, whaling harpoon? Yeah. Not a preacher. Uh, but he, you know, but he looks <laughs> he's like He's just one. the town drunk. Right, but he, he's got the preacher hat and the white shirt. And, <laughs> yeah, I guess. You know, he looks like he looks like a itinerant preacher is what he looked like to me. Always talking about... God and shit, you know? He could have been the town drunk and a preacher. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's very fair. But it's like those three were in a different movie, and then the kids on Dolphin and Vigo were in a completely different movie. They weren't even reacting off each other at all. It was just like, I am a set piece. I am being loud. We are being cowed properly. Oh, you know, I was like, come on. So I guess should we explain kind of what this is about whatsoever? About blowing air up a frog's butt and blowing it up from a distance with a slingshot, goddammit. That's what this movie's about. Can you do that? 
I don't know, but I do know. I didn't want to look it up because I don't want that in my Google searches. Can you blow air up a frog's ass and then explode it with a slingshot? I don't know, but I have heard apocryphal tales from many a farm child. So many that it's either in a handbook to tell rubes or they actually fucking, they'll tie M80s to animals and run them out to the field and shit. I mean, just horrible, horrible shit. And then I'm thinking about it. It's like, think about the shit that we did when we were kids, or specifically me. There wasn't anything the fuck else to do. I mean, obviously, I'm not harming animals. Don't get me wrong. But if you have an entire day to fill, and there is, you don't have TV. There is fuck all to do. Right. You are going to go out and get into rock fights. And you are going to talk to your neighbor kids about shit that if you look back and heard yourself talk about what you were talking about, I'm going to smack the fuck out of myself, you know? Yeah, the first two things we see are these kids exploding a frog onto a woman mm-hmm. and then them teasing their friend about his mother being dead. Mm-hmm. And I'm remembering, I, because I deal immediately, with... Immediately, that's why I was like, man, I hope this kid gets fucking stabbed because these kids are <laughs> unlikable immediately. God, they're horrible. I mean, everybody's got their horribleness in there. Everybody's got an issue in this fucking movie. Uh-huh. Mm. It's like, okay, die quicker. I, I'm done. So it's basically uh, following this child through a horrific series of events that happen in his life. Mm-hmm. Two of his best friends die, gets to watch his father light himself on fire. Uh-huh. Oh, great, great stuff. Now, at the end of this movie, I was, like, irritated, so I started... Hate listening to stuff and watching a few things, and I, I came across a director's interview. He said, "Well, this is you know I had a I had read, and that's why I was like, oh, because I was bitching about a bad Flannery O'Connor, and he fucking yeah, I based this kind of on the Southern Gothic this and that and the other thing, and I'm like, mm-hmm. it's like yeah, the idea of a whole summer's worth or you know a whole maybe a year or two's worth of events in one summer is played out here, blah blah blah, and I'm like, okay, but you know you miss you." Should either lean into stylistically and balance your balance your style, or give me more story because this or movie just give our who would be effectively our main character being the boy have him show any sort of emotion mm-hmm. whatsoever because he seems completely ambivalent towards all this horrible shit happening around him mm-hmm. and it truly is horrendous shit like this this kid regardless of like how much happened mm-hmm. one or two of these things breaks a child well the kid's a sociopath no doubt about it uh-huh that it, how do we know he didn't kill all of them? we're watching through his eyes well because we see his dad light himself on fire which is one of the better parts of the film, honestly. Yeah, but okay, we're watching through his. If we're watching through his line now, not making this a good movie for me. He fucking offed everybody, and that's his own little how he played it off. So he's going to the next town. He's not even six. <laughs> so, mm. so your angle is that the child is a serial killer. Hell yeah! Sure. Now that's a movie. It, it's not those roughneck teens in that black Cadillac. No. He killed all of them. So I'm trying to think, what are the horrendous events? Uh, oh. They, uh, his friend, Aben, 
is abducted and murdered, mm-hmm. and he finds him in there. Uh, the water, the water well, or the, yeah, yeah, the water hole in the watershed. Yeah, yeah. Just finds his body floating, oh, floating in there. Doo-doo. Yep. Uh, his dad lights himself on fire in front of him because they run a gas station. Yes. Which his mother absolutely loathes. Yes, and the death brought the sheriff. The sheriff knew that old boy had kissed the dude back in the day. Yes. And that, of course, makes him a pedo. Yes. And that's what I was saying, that all of these uh, horrendous events that are happening, everybody's too busy with their own, like, interpersonal squabbles and history, weird small town history, because everyone knows each other. And it, nothing is getting solved whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Like Aben's mother screams at, uh, the boy in his face in a pretty intense scene. If we're being honest, I just couldn't get, I couldn't get past the acting choices. The crazy man. Yeah. Been done better. Well, I mean, she is screaming her face off. I know, but at no time did she change a fact. Yelling, same face. Sad, same face. She's still emoting. Face doesn't do anything. No physicality, nothing. And I'm like, either you're trying to shake so bad so much that you're showing nothing, or you're missing a point. And then the sheriff yells at him some more. Tell me what you know, boy. What killed him? I aim to get the information out of you, son. I'm like, oh, dear. I don't like the way this is headed. <laughs> Are we sure the, sher- sure the sheriff's not the pedo killing the boys? I'm just saying. No, it's the, those weird roughneck teens. Mm-hmm. And, well, you think about the idea in the 50s, the idea of, when we think of Greece, what do we think of? We think of Fonzie. But at the time, in the 50s, teenagers didn't happen until 1940-something. Right. The idea of a teenager was fucking unheard of. You went to goddamn work with your dad or, your, you know, that's, that's what you did. Uh-huh. The idea of the teenager and the greaser in and of itself was an actual scary fucking thing. That was, that was the 50s QAnon. That was the 50s shit. You know, it's like, oh, the greasers are going to come over and take over everything. And this was a town where it... I mean, the year, the calendar may have said 1950, but it's still 1875. In it's still this place. 30. It's still, it's still the depression there. Yeah. And I don't know where they filmed it because it half ass looks like, half ass looks like uh, all the square states to me. And I worked in most of them when I was climbing towers, but it, it kind of wasn't. The hills weren't right. And I wonder where they filmed it because it, it looked like the states, but not. I'm going to guess Canada. I said, it's supposedly set in Idaho, but I've never been to Idaho. I don't know what don't. any of the geography anywhere. I'm sure it's different every single place you go in Idaho, but... Right, but when, when you talk about farm fields, they tend to be in a certain kind of area, right. no matter where you go, because you have to grow stuff and it has to be a certain thing. So it all kind of half-ass looks right, but like, like I said, the hills were off. You know, it's, it's too hilly to be Kansas, it's... Not hilly enough to be Montana. It's, you know, right in there. That's why I was guessing, because the mountains start chilling out around Canada, too. So, right. Not that anybody needs to know that but me, but. (laughs) No. And everything in this place is just absolutely falling apart. Mm -hmm, But clean. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I will say that it's weird because watching this movie, I was struck by it. The set pieces in and of themselves, if I could do a quick cut of this, just a, the janky shit in this, uh, fucking their janky shit is good janky shit. Yeah. It's real good janky shit. 
and had they leaned into some of the the themes of that a little more again wow fucking i would have i would have been coming here chris we gotta watch this. what else does director do you know but i was just like again granted now i gotta say i'm just coming off the the heels of a movie that i actually watched again yeah that really blew our dicks in the dirt so maybe i don't i'm gonna revisit my feelings towards this in another week but as it stands i i'm just like i'm trying i'm trying to find the point i'm trying to but if i took those just those like the the janky shit fucking blowing the air up the frog's ass and having it explode boom the fucking blood just covering the widow dolphin <laughs> uh-huh. and i one of the times when i almost wanted to shut this movie off though is the first time that uh he has to go apologize to dolphin Mm -hmm. and he goes there and she immediately launches into a big long thing about her being 200 years years old and how she keeps all of her dead husband's things and just yelling and screaming at him smell my dead husband's scent like okay all right bay rum motherfucker sniff it Calm down, movie. Like, it really felt shoehorned in there. Like, it felt very out of place. Well, here, here's how they could have played that out. She's slowly going through the memories, speaking to herself wistfully. But this was more like, and this was the bay rum that he used in, in this. And, yeah, and she sits him down and specifically goes and gets this box full right. of his shit. And she's like, hey, look at this. Check it out. But if it had been a wistful, like, you know, how oh, my husband did it. And without that, that would make it even more effective because then this kid just heard the sad widow story, but he knows she's a fucking vampire. Right. Because every time, like, oh, the widow story is nice and it was told in a calming manner. and Or had they shown her in anything but broad daylight? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because that just invalidates the entire vampire angle. Because traditionally, Completely. I would... Well, no, because I'll work around it. We don't understand the vampires in this world. And if they give me rules, then I'm down with it. Okay, vampires exist in a light in this world. Okay. They didn't do that. No. They had her in the light. You're right. No point. She, but then again, you got to look at it. The sun's beating down. That woman is white, 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 white. Right. She's, She's also English. She's translucent as fuck. But... What I'm saying is that why even have the... I don't think the character of Dolphin needs to be in this film whatsoever. No. I don't think she's important to the story whatsoever because all the small town squabble, like you said, they could have dropped that entire vampire storyline and mm-hmm. amped up every other part of this film and it would have been a lot better. Lean I completely into the prod- agree with you. Re- lean into the uh, prodigal son returning. You know... Give Vigo some some more to chew on. Because he only shows up like halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. And to be perfectly honest with you, I didn't think he was going to be in it for very much. Because I didn't notice that that was him in the uh, photos at the beginning when the mother's talking about Cameron. Yeah. Like, I didn't even notice. Mm-hmm. Because there's all the flags and shit around there. I thought he had died. I did too. I thought that and was that, his And that she just refused to accept that because the, the dad just kind of like smiles at him when mm-hmm. she says, when Cameron gets back, everything will be different. Yeah. But I, I, I more attributed that to the fact, why the fuck would Cameron come home to this shit show? Right. I thought he was dead and she was just delusional. 
And then when Vigo finally shows up halfway through the movie, like I do find his character super interesting. Yeah, and he played it well. Exactly. And he's one of the only like interesting characters in the film because we slowly learn exactly who he is because there's for some reason it seems like he's been run out of town because the sheriff wants to know why the fuck he's back. Mm-hmm. So my guess is that he broke a shitload of laws and it was still, you know, yeah. World War II. Well, go to jail or join the army. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like to me, too. Um, or if, you know, what else would have made if, um, like the greasers, like he actually confronted, confronted them. Or if they played any part in this movie, really, right. whatsoever. Because, again, nothing they been shown, like, integrating, the, or not integrating, but, like, having any interactions with town pe- townspeople, like mm-hmm. it was just somebody's shithead son? Yeah. But they were just like this phantom that shows up when the screenwriter needs somebody dead. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. It's Deus Ex Machina for real. They're in the machine driving it through. They show up at the beginning and they show up at the end. But I thought it was very interesting that they kind of slow rolled out exactly who Vigo's character was. That, oh, yeah, he, he was off in these pretty islands. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that mean? Oh, that they were bombing these islands during World War II. Yeah, they were testing okay, out the bikini well, yeah. atolls. Like, what exactly does that mean? And it gets further and you know, oh, there was silver stuff falling all over the deck. We used to ball it up and have snowball fights with mm-hmm. it. And then when it really sunk in was the, I taste blood. Are my gums bleeding? Like, yo, yeah. Like, oh, he's just wasting away. And I think that's a very interesting look at the, kind of what the American government has done for years in more so to people of color, obviously, because it is America after all, but poor, poor people. Poor people, I was going to say. The expendable. Oh, Fuck yeah. Him. Oh, my God. And and they really didn't have much of a clue. Like, the, the rank and file, obviously somebody knew. Yes. But everybody else, even like the scientists on there, they didn't study it. They don't, they didn't know. They went with the information they were given. And people were out there with sunglasses. People would come, like when they were doing tests in the Palm Springs desert. Mm-hmm. They would have parties and people would come out within a mile of the blast site or two miles of the blast site and set up like a bar and wear big sunglasses and have parties. Um, one of the big things that happened, I don't even remember this, but um, I think it was the 80s, like eight, late 80s, mid 80s, um, kids were getting uh, radiation burns from playing on the sidewalk at school. They had used sand from the desert near the sites and they were getting radiation signet from the sidewalk that they'd made with those sand. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, so there were lots of fuck-ups back then. Yeah, exactly. And I just thought that that was actually a very realistic, interesting twist to this film was, oh, here comes the son who's supposed to fix everything after their father's died, which is the only reason he's allowed back in town. Mm -hmm. And he effectively hates the government. Mm -hmm. I'm not a fucking war hero. Don't call me that. Well, and what I like, I don't know if it was a, it was a young Vigo before he got muscled up, but... Did he lose weight for this? Because he looked wasted away. He did. He looked sick. And he strikes me as the kind of guy, especially if he's young and fucking hungry, pardon the pun. I got oh, to be wasting away a little bit? Okay. How, how long do I got? Okay. It, it strikes me as he's the kind of person that would drop weight for a role. Uh-huh. Hey. He is easily the best part of this movie, too. He's the only likable, believable character in this whole fucking film. Um... We don't get much of him, but I do find the father to be kind of relatable. Yeah, but he doesn't he doesn't say anything. He's just kind of there. Yeah, he's the... Henpecked hubby. Uh-huh. 
and that hand could pack. It, it's it's just easier to be quiet. Mm-hmm. I'll go talk to the boy outside, but only briefly because I don't really want to talk to my son either. No, no. I don't want to talk to anybody. Just leave I, me alone. Again, there's some parts of this where I did think it was really funny writing, though. Like, just seeing the world through the eyes of these children. When uh, he says, yeah, my mom tells me that your dad's a pervert. What's a pervert? Ah, somebody who likes kids. Oh, I guess my dad's not much of a pervert then. <laughs> and didn't do much to where did he touch you? Yeah. Then the kitchen. No, I well, mean where where else could he touch you, son? Well, like outside of the kitchen? Uh, living room, <laughs> I guess. No, where it was yeah. who's on first. Exactly. There were parts of it where like I really liked, but pretty much any time Dolphin Blue opened her fucking mouth. To go on a long diatribe about how one day you'll get old and you'll, your mm. eyes will droop and your knees will buckle and you'll shit yourself and piss yourself. And you, like, oh, fucking K Shakespeare, shut the fuck up. Had you given me more than one person doing that? Giving me something to kind of weigh it out, balance it a tiny bit, some goddamn thing. Because I... Apart from the cool visuals, I mean that that was pretty movie. Oh, yeah. it's very well shot. And and, and framing everything I like is there. They just didn't do anything with it. It's like, hey, here's all this cool new stuff. And that is the trouble with if that is what they were going for was showing us uh, this, basically, how you create trauma. Mm-hmm. This is a blueprint for how you create trauma through the eyes of a child. That becomes a problem for adult audiences because if you're not getting into the emotions that we can connect with and only seeing it through a child's eyes on a very base level, then you can't tackle these big issues adequately. And that was the point I was trying to make earlier. I, I know, it, but like, I do think it's interesting to see it through the eyes of a child and see like, oh yeah, this is going to be somebody who's going to be a real problem later in life. Mm-hmm. Now, looking at it from that angle, hey, now what movie I'd like to see? This kid in 1972. Mm-hmm. Let's see what this little sociopath is fucking up to now. Yeah. I'd, I'd watch that movie. Because now I've got background for it. I've got background for whatever his motivations are. i got no background for anybody's motivations. These are just cardboard cutout, um, stock Southern Gossip characters. That they'd roll out and say these five words and, okay, you've done your job, you go away. And they're there to have bad things happen to them. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a traditional, like I said, there's a depth to the, there's a depth of emotion. There's a depth of the complete dreary and drabness. It is so heavy that it's palpable in your life. It's palpable in the way you speak. It's palpable in your words. And I didn't feel that from this movie. They were saying kind of the right things, but it was just off. Just didn't quite hit their mark. And with, I think what irritates me, two things irritate me the most about this movie. One is, it was boring for no reason. It didn't... Yeah, there were a lot of events happening, but there was no resonance for Mm -hmm. any of them. They gave it time to breathe, but never reflected on it, any of it really whatsoever, except for maybe their dad lighting himself on fire. Right. Wow. That whole scene. That is an incredible scene. The choices that actor made. Because what happens is they find Aben's body and a deputy is there 
just grilling the shit out of the father because, yeah, he had kissed a man. The father or the sheriff had found him kissing a man several years before. And a boy. I was 17. He said I was 17. He was 17. The boy was 17. Well, see, I thought it happened... When the father was 17, it was so many years ago. That's why, in my head, was when he No, was yeah, the father was found making out with a 17-year-old oh, boy in the bar. Yeah, but I thought he was 17 also. I, I don't uh, think so. Hmm. That's why they call him a pedo and oh, a pervert. Okay. okay. Well, I thought on, they were equating homosexuality of, well, with pedo. Yeah, I was just going to say on top of general yeah. homophobia, there See, was also the, the boy was 17 uh, on see, top of that. Because I thought they were conflating the two, which made it even worse. No. Which would fit in a Southern Gothic. Well, thing. I mean, I'm sure that it's part of that, but I mean, I don't think that was the author's intention hmm. was to disparage homosexuality. It's just a, a thing that happened in this universe. No, and no, in the that, 50s, yeah. it was uh, <laughs> not uncommon for somebody who they found out was gay to be accused of being a pedo. Yes. So that's, uh, you know, I get it, but I thought that was a choice. Now, now I don't like this movie even more. Well, and but the mother is telling him flat out, like, I'm not going through this again. I'm not doing this all because of you mm-hmm. and just f- being an absolute nightmare. So he goes outside, sucks down a bunch of gasoline, oh, yeah. bathes in it, which, I, okay, it takes a little bit too long. Yeah. But the boy walks out and sees him trying to light these matches and you hear his paw, son, and then you hear the flick of the match and then black screen, which I think is Perfect. I will tell you that the timing on that particular piece was impeccable. It's incredible. That was one of the only parts of the movie where I was like, wow, because that was good. It wasn't a lot of words. It wasn't a lot of, it was shot, shot, cut, cut, shot, boom, black. Timed just perfectly, just perfectly with that pause. It felt like 10 years, probably only a second and a half. It felt like 10 years that he had timed it so beautifully that I felt suspended. I was like, whoosh. Like, I felt like there was a year between that. Like I said, it was a second and a half, but they had timed it so beautifully and filmed it so beautifully that I was completely locked into that. And for for nothing else, this wasn't a complete waste of my time. I will, I will say this was not a complete waste of my time. There are a lot of things in this movie that they did amazing. But eh. we, I think we would uh, be kicking ourselves if we didn't at least bring up the uh, alien fetus. Oh God, I got so cut up. They fine. Okay, here here's what threw me about that. It would, I, what was that supposed to be? Right. I said I don't get it because I would I would think that if you found a fetus in a barn, it's possible. Because they didn't have abortion doctors, and maybe somebody didn't have time to throw, put it and bury it in the backyard or something, hit it in the barn for now. But here's the weird thing. So, but it was paper mache mummified. Exactly. That's what I was wondering because um, yeah. looked real as fuck though. What? It looked real as fuck. You see the shoulder blades and shit. But I don't know what it was supposed to be. A fetus? Is it supposed to be a yeah. fetus? Because it looks like an alien. No, it was a fetus. Because, yeah, he finds it in this barn where they used to hang out after his other friend had been abducted. Mm-hmm. He runs away into this barn, and it stinks in there. And he finds a fetus in just, like, a big papier-mâché egg. Yeah. Like an art installation. 
in Iowa or Idaho in 1952. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. And he's talking to it like he's... And this is why I'm like... Because he thinks it's Aben because he thinks Aben, he just hasn't gotten his wings yet. Mm -hmm. Old boy is psycho candy, my dude. (laughs) He is bull goose loony. He's a sociopath. And I cannot wait to see what happens to him in the next motherfucking movie. Because the kid's wrong. R-O-N-G wrong. Yeah, because at no point either does he tell anybody about anything that he's seen. Mm-mm. And which is the part that really threw me off. Had had he done something and nobody listened, I would I think that would have enhanced this movie at least a little bit mm-hmm. instead of just showing this blank-faced child who doesn't seem to know or care what's going on. And it's like he's his body's flailing. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. His eyes are fucking dead. You know, and I, I, again, I'm saying child actor, I get it, but there should have been, I'd have gone, okay, how many more takes do we got on this before uh, CPS comes in? Cause this motherfucker is going to show me something. I got to see a tear. Let me see. Get your face red a little bit. Hey, your mom's dead. Some fucking thing. Do something. <laughs> you know, yeah. like the Jackie Coogan, the motherfucker or something, because unless you want him to be a dead eyed sociopath, that's what you got. Well, and he straight up sees the fucking teens abduct his friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just... And he's okay. He doesn't say nothing. Hey, you guys, don't do that. You really shouldn't take my friend. No, instead he runs away, find a, finds a fetus, and keeps it in a box under his bed. Which also, if it stunk that bad that he could find it, yeah. nobody else in that house was like, Hey, what the fuck? <laughs> Either that or that's not the first dead fucking thing he's brought in the room, the little psycho. Yeah, that's true. How do we know he hasn't been keeping the cats he's been killing all week? In a box of kittens that aren't alive. How do we know? Yeah, good point. Because <laughs> this kid's kind of a shithead. It might not be the first dead thing. So I have one last question for you, James. Mm-hmm. Before our usual final question. Our did you laugh as hard as I did at the final shots of this film? I'm Because Seth runs off into the field, drops down to his knees and is grabbing handfuls of soil and doing the outstretched hands toward the sky, just ah, yeah. screaming for about a solid minute and a half. And I was laughing so goddamn hard. Damn, I already <laughs> saw Empire of the Sun. Yeah, I, I saw Europa, Europa. I saw, I saw... You're not that movie, buddy. Don't do that. It was so fucking funny. The reason I did that, I was like, oh, the hubris on you. You got a big set of fucking cojones, my guy. Yeah. You're giving me like uh, Apocalypse Now visuals and shit. And you ain't bringing me Apocalypse Now, motherfucker. It's Riggs screaming to the heavens in the rain. Yeah, I'm like, come on. It's ridiculous, and it's so fucking funny, because it's that same... Like, I'll give it... As much as I don't like him as a human being, at least in Lethal Weapon, when he's yelling toward the sky in the rain, it's Mel Gibson, who's at least a competent actor. Mm -hmm. It's this child for probably a solid at least minute. I may have been exaggerating with a minute and a half, but a solid minute of him just screaming toward the heavens. Look, if I'm going to make a movie... In the least convincing way possible. And my key shot is evocative of great, great movies. Let's say, okay, let's say my key shot of my movie is some motherfucker running up the stairs and putting his arms up. 
I better have a movie behind that, okay? Uh-huh. I better, because otherwise I'm saying, hey, look, I'm as good as Rocky, motherfucker. No, I would not be. And I should not have that shit in my fucking movie. No. That's why I was laughing. I'm like, oh, God. How I do was, you walk with those fucking balls, dude? I was howling, to which Kayla said, I don't think that's supposed to be your response to this. And I said, I can't help it. Look at it. It's still going. I am a human being with a modicum of discernment. <laughs> I'm going to laugh. <laughs> ah! Just a child <laughs> screaming at the heavens. Oh my goodness. It's like the end of a a wounded fawn where the guy's just grabbing himself by the neck <laughs> for a solid two minutes. And you're like, who the fuck told you this was a good idea, man? No, if you want to see how you do an extended death scene well, go. we're, we're, we're a few to the act scene in the last movie. Yes. Fucking, that went on way longer than it needed to, but it went exactly as long as it needed to. Yes. It was horrible. Nobody else can do that. And if you do, you better figure out how to do it because I don't want to watch it if you don't do it well. Exactly. That's what it was just kind of the final insult to this entire film. <laughs> because, like, like I said, I don't hate this. This wasn't the biggest waste of time that mm. I've ever seen. The reason that it has this name is fucking stupid. Yeah. Because it's just one scene where Vigo's showing his little brother Pictures. a picture that he took of a child in Hiroshima. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's skin turned silver. You could see it yourself in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's it. I thought the reflecting skin would have something to do with why the vampire was allowed to be out during the day. Yeah. I thought a lot of things, but you know what? I, here's the deal. If I hated, hated this movie, I had a real hate on for this movie. That would make it worth it because in order for me to hate something, I got to care about it in the slightest. I don't hate this movie. I'm irritated by this movie because I feel like it wasted my time. Yeah, I'm mostly ambivalent toward this. Mm-hmm. Would I ever willfully watch it again? Probably not. Would I watch parts of this movie if it was on a fast, if it was on a fast loop? Yeah. If, I, if I'm clicking... Can you show me the Vigo supercut? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm down for it, you know? Then I could say, okay. But in general, this movie... <clears throat> Did nothing for me but irritate me. It was a tough watch. And it's hard watching Vigo actually doing well, having to say lines like, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving here. I'm going with Dolphin, and we're going to be happy. <laughs> like, and making me believe it. Yeah, but just like, man, you poor guy mm-hmm. having to call another character Dolphin sincerely. And my whole time, I would be like Dolphin, Dolphin, Dolphin. I would try to not say anything. I would try to say, I'd probably get fired. Well, I can't fucking say dolphin to this I, person. I, I, again, the balls to name your character Dolphin Blue. Blue. What was the kid's name again? Uh, uh, Seth Dove. Dove. Dove and Dolphin. Fuck this movie. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> Fuck this movie. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend you watch The Reflecting Skin. Yeah. Like, it's fine. It's aggressively fine. Yeah, no, it's not. It's, it's, it, it's, it got finished. Okay, it's, it, but it's not the kind of bad, like, the first power. Or oh, like, no. oh man, there's a karate bag lady. Hell yeah. What the shit? Hell yeah, this movie rules. And this, you know what else this movie did that irritated me? If you're going to be boring, fucking wild it up. And they 
did not do that. Yeah, I got a very specific angry text from you. Hey, I've got about 20 minutes left of this. If something doesn't get fucking bug fuck nuts, I'm going to be really mad. I was. I was really mad. Uh-huh. I was really, really mad. I, I, well, I mean, if you want to count a child just screaming toward the gods. I hate watching an entire interview with the director because I was pissed. I'm, Motherfucker, say something to make me like this movie. Yeah, I did he look didn't. up a few of the other things he has done, mm-hmm. none of which I have watched. A few of them I have seen on streaming things and went, whoa, that looks terrible. Yeah. Do I think I could do better? No. <laughs> No, because there again, there are shots set up in this that are fucking gorgeous. This this guy knows what the fuck he's doing. Well, this cinematographer at well, least yeah. knows what he's doing. Yeah, uh, yes, I'll give you that because I forgot the director. The director of photography is an ace on this film. That motherfucker knew what the hell he was doing. God damn right. That director sure can't hire the hell out of people. God damn right, except for child actors. Yeah. Man, you put the redhead kid in. Yeah. Just sub him in. Yeah, that guy can fucking act. The kid actually had range. Well, comparatively, he could act like a child comparatively. Yes. Yes. He was probably not an actor and not like a scarecrow that was brought to life. (laughs) Oh God. I couldn't even imagine. Can you imagine being 10 and trying to act with fucking professional actors on a set? Could you imagine being that dude now working at your Starbucks job being like, I was in a movie with Viggo Mortensen. Okay. The reflecting skin. That that's, I'm sorry. The what? Yeah. Shut up, Jeremy. Get back. Sweep the floors. Like, Chad, come on. Give me some more rough froth for my latte. I ain't got all day. <laughs> Put some more pumpkin spice in that motherfucker. Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Dolphin Blue, we heard it. Uh-huh. Put the syrup in. Can you take it off the TV for five goddamn minutes? We don't want to see some kid blowing fucking air up a frog's ass again, okay? Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. You, specifically, as a child, blowing air up a frog's ass. Yeah. Just fucking, come on. Oh, hey, James. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm done with this yeah, movie. Where can people to, find us? They can find us at horrorvomitpodcast at gmail.com. They can find us at Facebook. Um, we do have a beautiful page on Facebook that nobody writes on. Write on it. I want to answer shit. Well, yeah, sure. Do, do whatever you want. We also have or an don't. Instagram page. And uh, if, if you if you enjoy what we do here for, for the freezies, Mm-hmm. Not the colds. It is freezing in here, though. It is by cold the way. as a motherfucker in here. But uh, you can go to Apple Podcasts and you can give us five stars. Give us a five word, at least five word written review. Mm-hmm. No curses. Yeah. Apple doesn't like it. Yeah. They get upset with us. They send us a bill. Mm-hmm. Bastards. Yep. And we, th- we probably we don't pay it. Then we can't re up our podcast. Uh, uh, we'll starve to death in the garage and. Something. Yeah, something. Man, I really lost the thread. Now that, that now that I am thinking about this movie more, it's really pissing me off. <laughs> but um, actually, don't... Leaving don't, on an angry note. Don't don't keep us a secret either. If you like us and you know one person you like this weird shit that we fucking do, tell them. Yeah. Help us get a cult following. Yeah, because well, why not? We can be as popular as the reflecting skin. Yeah. Man. Fuck this movie. I, I which is better, our podcast or the reflecting skin? Don't answer that. We're gonna leave. Bye, everybody. Bye. Fucking. Ooh, boy. Dude, we, I'm cold. We avoided some shit there. <laughs>